Blog Talk Radio. Okay, let's do it. It's time for Cinema Savants. I like this shit. You know, it's exciting. Your weekly source for movie news. An uncharted island. Let me list all the ways you're going to die. Movie reviews. Shows of being set afire on stage. He's done the most rock and roll death imaginable. And the occasional Hollywood rumor. The only thing we don't have a God for is premature ejaculation. But I hear that that's coming quickly. Hosted by Todd Vandenberg. It's like the Mansies. We always get our man. And Rob Steele. Mrs. Peacock was a man? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Everyone signed? Yes. Good. On we go. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Savants. And it's, we've got good news this week. Which is why I'm confused, because normally I have so much crap that's come out, but this week it's good news, and continuing the good news, he's Todd Vandenberg. Do you know how good news that is, that, that he is Todd? I, unfortunately, am Dr. Eggman this week. <laughs> but it goes with the good news, which is, which is a good thing, and I actually want that's to start with something... <clears throat> I want to start with something that's, that, that's not actually movie or TV news, but it is entertainment news. And I think it's actually big entertainment news that could be good for us. We'll allow it. Kind of. We'll it. Or at least cheaper. <clears throat> uh, <when laughs> that's we, always good. Yeah, cheaper is good. Uh, could, <clears throat> the 90s, I think, were a peak time for really good video games. Because we had you know, your the old Nintendo Entertainment System, but to me, more importantly, we had the Sega Master System, which was an, which was awesome. And then the, it turned into other Sega systems. And this week, it was announced that there's going to be an app for not just Android, but also for the Apple iOS, where you will be able to play every. Sega game that has ever come out for Ooh. free on your phones. Uh, it's called Sega Forever. Uh, it's supposed to. It was supposed to have lost, launched this week. It's not available in my area, which is kind of annoying. Um, and the the big question so far that I've heard out of this is, but how do you control them? All the phones today are touch screens, and back then you needed a controller. Well, there's apparently going – this is where they're making the money. Ah. You can buy a, 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 an old Sega controller for your phone now. Sweet. games for free. Just Which, it, it, that's pretty awesome. Very awesome. I think it might be a good trade-off. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, just, I just thought I'd do a little quick search, 90s video games, for those who may have – Doubted Rob. These are movies. Movies. Wow. These are games that came out in the '90s. Obviously, these aren't all Sega. Doom, Final Fantasy VII, GoldenEye, Super Mario 64, Metal Gear Solid, Mortal Kombat, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, Half Life, NBA Jam. I mean, my gosh. Oh, Quake, <clears throat> Super Metroid. And these, were, these were fun games. They, they oh my god. And they, they could Tech, a lot of them could be finished. In, in a reasonable amount of time, They're, they didn't have the games that they have now where you must devote 7,000 hours of your life to playing yeah. level one. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and that's just too much work. Games are supposed to be fun. And these were 
fun games. Earthworm so, Jim. Sonic the Hedgehog, damn it. Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, I was saving that for last because, you know. But Earthworm Jim, that would be the first one I would get, would be Earthworm Jim. My God, what an insane game. And Sega, so there you are. Very, wow, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Pretty and see, that, 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 sweet. Was my, that was my big news of the week, but it's not. Uh, the, the big news of the week, and as soon as I found it, was, it, it was really weird. I, I found it out, I guess, Thursday morning when it was announced. And, you know, we do the show on Sunday, so I hold on to the news. Okay. And I took my youngest daughter with me grocery shopping, and she was wearing a uh, a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> and the cashier, who we ended up getting, looked at her and said, oh, you like Star Wars? My daughter's like, no, not really, but it's a shirt, which, you know, is, is, is the way my kid works at this point. But the cashier got really excited and goes, you know who's directing the new Han Solo movie? Ron Howard is directing it. That's going to be so awesome. I'm like, well, I guess I don't need to save that for the show on Sunday, but she was excited. Cool that she was excited. I, it threw me off a little bit, but that's okay. And I don't know. I think I might be a bit excited about that too because Ron Howard is a remarkable director. He, he, he um, certainly – can be. Um, so, what are you? What are your thoughts on Ron Howard directing a Han Solo movie? I think it certainly has potential to be awesome, but but I'm not as hyped for it as I would have been mm, ten years ago before he started doing the the endless things of the Da Vinci Code. Which I mean, they're they're okay, they're fun. But, you know, I guess it fits in actually with an action picture, right? So that works. But, yeah, I mean, when I think of him having done Apollo 13, Backdraft, which is awesome, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done some terrific movies. But, you know, it's kind of it's, – it's not exactly a slam dunk. I'll put it that way. However – Considering some of the hacks that are out there that they could have hired, yeah, it's it's great news because obviously they're they're going for someone who can produce something that's entertaining and fun and also has some depth to it, and that's Ron Howard's can certainly do that. So yeah, overall, I mean that, that's pretty cool news. I'm not like oh my god, squee, but this is very good news. I think. <clears throat> I mean, what's interesting to me is the reason that Ron Howard is is the director now. The fact that there were creative differences. Here we are again. But the creative differences. When you when you hire people because of what they've done in the past, and these guys these are the guys who did the Lego movie, and then for whatever reason you think, Oh, they're going too far off the path of what we want to do, why did you hire them? Why do you hire people with a singular vision like Marvel hired Edgar Wright to do Ant Man, write the script and direct it and well into the process, they said, yeah, this is not really the path we want. It's like, why did you hire Edgar Wright? Are you kidding me? What did you think he was going to do? He's going to make an Edgar Wright film. That's why you hired him, right? So it's kind of bizarre that they hire people to make their kind of film, and then they don't like it when they're making their kind of film. Don't get it. We hired Tim Burton, but for some reason the movie turned out really twisted and dark and strange, and we didn't exactly. have enough assets. 
completely understand it. Well, what were yeah. you thinking? Yeah, exactly. So then when that happens, that's a little uh, – and I get the director – the director's not the boss. The producer's the boss. The studio's the boss. Make the film the way they want it. But I'm, I would think that came up in the discussion uh, when you're hired. It's like, okay, yeah, it should have. So at any rate, yeah, the overall, that's good news for Ron Howard. It's, uh, to me, it's not like, oh, my, that's, that's a slam dunk. That's the best thing ever. But could he possibly make the best Star Wars film ever? And I'm not, I mean – from the first yes it's possible and in that respect that's a hell of a hire because he could he could he could which would be awesome yeah exactly he is not a hack at all i'm not a fan of some of the films he's done but no one hits that out of the park every time right but he certainly is capable of doing some awesome films i think for me the biggest uh the biggest disappointment that came out of little opie cunningham (laughs) <laughs> Which is what I called him, to the, and the Walmart cashier went, "Oh my God, that is him." I'm like, "Yeah." It's, anyway, um, <laughs> she did not realize that it was him. <laughs> anyway, yes. Well, she said, "I'd never heard him called that before." And I went, "I saw Eddie Murphy do it, call him that once, and it just stuck in my head." Now, oh, the, yeah, the biggest disappointment for me was uh, was when he did a film called Rush, and mm-hmm. uh, Geddy Lee, Alex Lifeson, and Neil Peart were not in it. <laughs> that, that is quite a disappointment, isn't it? <laughs> I was, I was, very, I don't care if Thor is in it. Anyway, the very, very least could have been in the soundtrack, right? You'd think, <laughs> but no, didn't bother doing that. Moving yeah, on with uh, with good news, uh, right into the news section that we call the good, the bad, and the whatever. Sure, why not? It it works. Um, good news, at least it sounds like good news, coming out of the Spider-Man homecoming front. Actually, there's a lot of news coming out of that. We're still you know, a couple weeks away from it coming out. But there have been, and, and bear with me, potential spoilers ahead. Ooh. Uh, basically, it just comes from a cast list. But it sounds like they're setting up for the Sinister Six to eventually show up because we have people like Donald Glover playing the Prowler, Michael mm-hmm. Mando playing Scorpion, Bokeem Woodbine, and I'm, I, I've got to be pronouncing that right. I can't see another way. Is And Logan Marshall Green are both playing different versions of the Shocker, who they had in the books. Um, and... I, I don't know. I suppose this is a spoiler. Captain America and Pepper Potts both show up in this movie. Very cool. Uh, the, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow coming back kind of threw me off a bit because I didn't think she was going to be doing these anymore. But there we go. There we are. Um, and actually, this was interesting. The AI that's in the spider suit that Tony Stark made uh, is being voiced by Jennifer Connelly. And I, I just thought this was kind of cute that Jennifer Connelly is doing the voice in the spider suit. And Paul Bettany did the voice originally in the Iron Man suit. And guess what? Jennifer Connelly and Paul Bettany are married. Isn't that cute? No, that's sweet. Oh, um, she's got a cool what voice. other spider. Yeah. And, and she's a works wonderful. very good actress. 
Yes. I like it. Um, there's other spider news this week that some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't. <laughs> um, I would love it if Sony and Marvel could get together and make up their damn minds as to whether or not Venom will actually tie into the Spider-Man movie and the Marvel yeah. Universe because they have said – and this is you know in the Justice League dark area. It will. It won't. It will. It might. It won't. It could. It might. Shut up. <laughs> I, 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 I Just make up your damn mind and then tell us. I'm tired of dealing with people who think that they work in an ego factory. Too many damn waffles. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> they did announce that they're some of the characters that are coming to the Spider-Man universe are Craven, uh, the Hunter Mis- Mysterio, not Ray Mysterio, although that would be cool. That would be uh, very cool. How about having Ray Mysterio play Mysterio? That would be interesting. A, a mask is a mask, right? Fishbowl. It was a fishbowl for a mask. And uh, and Carnage will be showing up at some point. Uh, you would assume so because, I mean, if they're making a Venom movie at some point, you kind of have to bring in Carnage. The thing out of all of that news, out of all of it, the thing that makes me happiest is, is uh, Scorpion. And I don't know why, but to me, I mean, that's one of his very, very early villains and it just always was a perfect the, the image was very unusual because that's a weird villain he's got this long tail and he hits people yeah. with it and the, the color scheme because Marvel of course I mean they love doing their, their green villains and especially in Spider-Man because it played off well against the red and blue but Scorpion right. is a very very cool villain I mean and it's nice that we're not getting things recycled over and over. I mean, we don't need another Dr. Octopus. As cool as the character is, let's see some of the other 10,000 villains that Spider-Man has fought. So, yeah, very close. Shocker. Shocker was, Shocker was lame. And Shocker will be lame. And Shocker will get his butt kicked in the movies because he's the Shocker. But Scorpion, yes, yeah, very cool. Um, and I think the idea of Mysterio is awesome because oh, he, he was probably my favorite uh, Spider-Villain. Scorpion Scorpion is a very, very cool villain. Uh, It's it's nice that they're actually, yeah, the fishbowl. Yeah, it's really good that they're they're actually recognizing that there are more than a few characters. Unlike what Fox does with X Men when they recycle, how many stories have they done in the X Men? They've done what three stories and they keep redoing the damn things. So no, just one. (laughs) Who's the bad guy in this movie? Magneto. Oh well, duh, of course. They, they they never realized that Magneto was what I call an anniversary villain. You know, in, in the in the early books he was there a lot, but toward the mm-hmm. end of Magneto being a bad guy, it was either we're celebrating the 25th anniversary. Who's the bad guy? Magneto. Fine. It's issue 150. You know, a nice round number. Who's the bad guy? Yep. Magneto. Right. Episode one in, in in issue 151. Uh, no, that would be someone completely different. Magneto's not in it. He will not show up again until 175 or 200. You know, it's an, <laughs> it, it was a regularly scheduled anniversary right. villain. Uh, and when he showed up, it was a big deal. But now they've effectively killed off his his effectiveness by having him be in every freaking movie. Yeah. And that does not work. 
but moving a little bit from uh, from Marvel movies, which is a big, massive series, to Star Trek, which is also a big, massive series. They announced this week that in the United States on Sunday, September 24th, the CBS Television Network, uh, depending on when the football game ends, will be airing mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery. And then it'll move over to their online services, which is stupid. But yeah, I- I'm considering this good news because there's finally a date for it. Exactly. I mean, we've been waiting for, I don't know, ever for Star Trek to come back to TV or at least have new episodes somewhere. Uh, in, in Canada, it's going to be on the Space Channel, so it will air on time. Uh, in the rest of the world, it will be on Netflix, so it will air on time, as opposed to the U.S. when we have to – see, that's something I don't understand with, with networks and the NFL because they always seem to schedule a show. Well, the game, if, we, if there are no penalties and timeouts and no one scores, then the game should end at 7 o'clock. And that's when we'll start airing our next show. Yeah. Well, seriously. And you know, it always gets pushed back in uh, you know, an, a half an hour, hour, 45 minutes, something, just enough to screw with your DVR. So you start watching a show, and you get to the point of – Yes, and I found out who the murderer is. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> cut off. Damn you, NFL. So yeah, they have to fix that. And it would be so Fish simple for- because how, how many shows? There, there's always a post game chat anyway yeah. on, on the NFL, depending on how much time they have. Extended. Look how how many shows? How many normal shows have these? Talking Heads episodes afterwards now. I mean, it's just mushrooming. It's like uh, football is made for that, my God, because, oh, geez, on the Super Bowl, how, when does it start? Nine o'clock in the morning and goes for six? On Thursday. No, nine, yeah, it just, it's endless. People would eat that up because I don't understand why they just don't say, okay, we're just going to do our, our NFL today or whatever wrap up. And then look forward to next week's games and the Monday night game and the Sunday night game and the Thursday night game and all this other crap. And just start at 8 o'clock and do all the squeezing for your wrap-up show. If your wrap-up show has an hour, fine. If it has 15 minutes, fine. That's something you can actually work with. That would make much more sense. And it's not like no one is going to watch it. It's such an easy fix. It would. Seem. I've been saying that for years and no yeah. one listens to me. They don't. They don't like us. Um, no, actually, other good Star Trek news, and I think this is kind of an interesting idea. Although I can see it being phased out, the the crew of the Star uh, of the Starship Discovery, when they beam down to a planet in a tense situation, they're going to be wearing body armor. Yeah, which I thought was a wonderful idea, and but at the same time, it, you know, on the one hand, it kind of makes sense, but. On the other hand, if you have a, a weapon like a phaser that if it hits you, it's going to disintegrate everything, what's the point? So I'm thinking because this takes place before the Enterprise and Kirk and everything, maybe it's just an impact weapon of some kind. No one has phasers yet. That and it'll make a good visual. So 
Well, I think, but too, I mean, depending on what kind of civilization they get to, I mean, you would think most of the civilizations you would be visiting wouldn't have that advanced weaponry, so it would certainly, you would assume the armor would work against, like what we think of as most 21st century technology, projectile weapons and things like that. So, you know, it makes sense. Although the one thing that is weird is, like, why was it a good idea in this universe, and then how many years later? Is, is Kirk's time, it's, it's, it's a short period of time, right? It's 50 years or less than that. I was going to say 30. Yeah. Okay. And, but, I don't have but now they phased it out. So in, in the context of everything, it does seem kind of odd that it's like, oh, we were smart enough to use body armor. But after that, nah, we didn't bother with it. Even though Kirk and Spock and Scotty, all that group, certainly, especially the red shirts, really could have used body armor in a lot of those episodes. The number of times they got hit with a club or something. So, that, they got that, was, it. that was actually one of my big problems with uh, uh, what is the show? DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Adam is essentially wearing the Iron Man armor, but keeps getting the crap kicked out of him because he takes off the helmet and hey, what do you know? He gets hit in the head with some something like a, a vase. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dude, again, don't take the helmet off until you're back in the ship. <laughs> Again, that's why I don't watch the Supergirl show because of just really stupid writing, not thinking about it. You know, when she ducks away from a blowtorch, it's like, uh, she's Supergirl, hello, or is she just an actress? It's like, come on. So after that, I'm done. I mean, if you can't be bothered to write something intelligent, or Supergirl is not going to duck away from basically a Bunsen burner, I don't need to watch your show. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, a guy who's wearing armor and then decides to take off his helmet all the time so he can get his ass kicked. Because that drives the plot. That's that's sad. My wife is in the other room binge watching Supergirl right now. Mm. Anyway, uh, that is actually not a me. Good segue to, uh, so uh, there's a bunch of DC Comics news that I consider good. So let let's get these get to these. Do you remember Mask of the Phantasm? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome movie. Come finally coming to Blu-ray next month. There is. There's not a specific date yet, which is kind of weird, uh, but it, it's finally coming to Blu-ray, so I think that's going to be quite beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah. If you can find a date, that'd be awesome, because the articles I have found have all said, it's coming in July. I'm like, well, that's a little vague. So, anyway. Yeah, I, so, I, I took my kids to see it when it came out of the theater, So, which means they're old. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that's a pretty cool movie. So there's that. Uh, the new Titans TV series, which is going to be a live-action series, confirmed to have Nightwing, Raven, Starfire, and Beast Boy as the main characters, uh, scheduled to start, start, start filming in <laughs> September. Uh, Excellent. Which I think is going to be awesome. Uh, it, it, it's going to be better than I think the series that DC has now. They're they're not horrible, but they certainly could be better. And I'm, I'm hoping this will be better because I like those characters and it should be fun. Um, let's it, it, it better be. <laughs> and earlier this week. Wonder Woman passed the six hundred and nine point eight million dollar mark. Uh, which would be make her make the Wonder Woman movie the 
what is it, top grossing live action film of all time for a female director passing Mamma Mia. So Thank goodness. I think that's a good thing. They said it's a very good thing. However, there's a chance that it will it will pass Kung Fu Panda 2, uh, which had 665 million, but it is not likely to catch up to this other Disney film called uh, called Frozen. Because right now they're at 609 million. Frozen had 1.2 billion. I, I loved Wonder Woman. It's not going to get there. No, it's not going to get there. But what would be interesting is if it manages to get past um, Batman v Superman. And there, there was an article talking about how the mummy missed out on basically being a very poor vehicle to launch you know, this extended universe. And the premise, and I haven't seen it, and maybe eventually on Netflix or something, but it didn't look all that interesting to begin with. And the, the premise was of this article was that it's just not a movie in itself. It's just a launch vehicle for a bunch of other things and doesn't really tell a really good cohesive story. And they said that, you know, as much maligned as Man of Steel was by in some quarters, at least it told a story. And it does tell a story. It does tell right. – it's, it's a it's – a, not very well thought out story, but it's it does tell a story, <laughs> as does Batman v Superman and all the rest of it. And then it throws in and then Wonder Woman. It's like Wonder Woman basically relaunches the whole thing. Because the way their universe starts as Men of Steel, it's this dark, gritty, sad grimy thing, which Zack Snyder thought, Oh, that's what made Bat- the Batman flicks successful, which he didn't get at all. That's not what made them successful. So he decided to make Superman, which is the opposite character of Batman, make him the same kind of grungy thing and make make Pa Kent, this guy who tells Superman, don't save people, protect your secret. It's like, how the hell is that Superman? That is so moronic and stupid. That's what pisses me off about that movie. It's like it's an anti-Superman film. It's dumb. And now you have Wonder Woman, which flips everything on its head. It's like it's it is not following continuity. Yeah, she's in Batman v Superman, but she's a very different character. She's actually a superhero, where Superman is a guy who has a lot of powers and doesn't really feel like being a superhero too often. What the hell kind of a movie is that? And Batman is this guy on this vengeance kick who, you know, the only reason he doesn't kill off the big hero is because, oh, how cute. Their moms had the same name. You know, it's just... Ridiculous. Such Ridiculous. crap. So Wonder Woman Can finally comes along. Honest trailers again. No, I don't have to watch Honest Trailers. Um, no. You know, Wonder Woman is – and Honest Trailers is awesome. I'm not dissing Honest Trailers. I'm just saying I didn't need to watch Honest Trailers to have that viewpoint. And Wonder Woman is this bright light. And, yes, she has moments of doubt, which is the opposite of Superman, who's basically – his whole character is nothing but doubt. And then he finally overcomes it every once in a while to do the right thing. You know, it's like – this is the direction that DC can go forward. Wonder Woman is what's actually launching their shared universe in the right way instead of – can you imagine how dour Aquaman would be and still might be? But you know, if they had followed the path of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I mean he's already not a fan of the surface world. So yeah, yeah. which would be an interesting take. 
But if you want to make superhero movies, make them freaking heroes. So it's about time they finally let a director, thank you, Patty Jenkins, come forth and make a superhero movie. So thank God that Wonder Woman has corrected the crappy path they were on. And no, it's not going to catch Frozen, but it certainly deserves all the success it's getting. I have two other bits in the good news category, and I'm fairly certain they're for you. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Because the first one, you mentioned monsters a minute ago, and (laughs) that's exactly where we're going with this. I know. Uh, Sherlock is an awesome series, and the creators, uh, co-creators, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis, are going to write a vampire drama based on Bram Stoker's novel about some guy named Dracula. I think if they make a Dracula series that comes even close to Sherlock, that could be really cool. Oh, yeah, it could be the best adaptation of the character ever, easily. Um. I've not heard if they're updating it as they updated Sherlock. I hope they would and instead of making a period piece just because I, I mean, yeah, it's been updated a lot, but I think that, I think it would be better suited for that team to update the character. But yeah, I mean, the book itself is not remarkably the, short. Yeah, remarkably short and not the greatest book uh, to begin with. It's uh the character, it's all about the character, and it establishes so much of, the, of, of it. And the Lugosi's portrayal uh, establishes a lot of what we think of as Dracula. But yeah, with the, these guys working on that, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely could be the best adaptation ever. And there have been some wonderful, wonderful adaptations of, of the character in just the whole vampire world. So yeah, that's awesome news. That could be brilliant. Um, well, I mean, literally, could be brilliant. Yeah. And actually, <clears throat> the other bit I have for you, although I'm not entirely sure that I would consider this brilliant, but I know you love these movies. <laughs> they announced yes. who's going yes. to be the monster in the Godzilla sequel. Yeah, it's not brilliant, but it's fun. It's it's going to be not just Mothra, but also Rodan and the three-headed King Ghidorah. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know that one. As far as I know. Yeah, that's okay. – yeah, that is really fun news. I mean it's – they've been mainstays, uh, mainstay villains for Godzilla, so it's cool that they're bringing them in before uh, Godzilla faces off against King Kong. So – and then there's so much other things they can go on with Godzilla after that. Whether Godzilla dies versus King Kong doesn't matter. I mean, there's always another Godzilla. Godzilla's died in the movies since the very first Godzilla movie, and it doesn't exactly yeah. keep them from making more Godzilla movies. So, yeah, I think that's uh, – it, it's nowhere near the same category of news as, oh, the team behind Sherlock is making Dracula. But it's yeah. fun. It's fun. It's very, very cool. So I'm interested to see their take on – Especially on Mothra. Um, Rodan is a big flying pterodactyl, and King Ghidra is this gold three-headed dragon that shoots it like electrical, like electricity. Mothra would be interesting because Mothra is always a strange. I mean, it's a big moth. 
that's a weird concept for a monster, and and it's a heroic monster in everything. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Moth or what the design will look like. But yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And yay, Godzilla movies. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. So yeah, I saw that yeah. and I was like, oh, that's really cool. That'll be neat. Uh, <clears throat> but from there, we we kind of wander into the bad news area, and there's not a no. whole lot this week. Thank goodness. There's not much. Um, and it's not even this week. It's not even that bad. Um, the first bit of news, and you'd think this would be good news. I don't see it as good news. Yet. The new Star Wars trailer is coming next month, and you'd think that would be good news, except they have announced that the, tra- the trailer that's coming out is shorter than the teaser we already have, which just aggravates me. I mean, I, I honestly am not expecting any new footage, just a remix of what we've already got. And no, we don't. We, we, I'd like to know the plot, please, or at least have a general idea. Mm-hmm. And we're not. I, I don't see us getting that, which is stupid. So I'm going to move on to the next next bit of bad that news. Is. And the, the, the next bit of bad news is only – it's a simple thing that we already knew, and it's Transformers the last night came out <laughs> in theaters. That, that, mm-hmm. That's the only bad news we have. Uh, every review I have seen <laughs> on it has said, oh, my God, this movie is hideous. Um. But there, there can be good news that, can, that comes out of it. Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay have both said, we're not going to be in the next one, although my, uh, everyone has said Michael Bay will be doing the next one. Um, but seriously, that's it. That's, that's the only bad news we have this week. Um, you mentioned Transformers being having just awful reviews, and it didn't really do well at the box office. I mean – Compared to expectations, it's bombing at the box office. I mean, it made $45 million, yeah. which is, from you know, most things, yeah, that's good. But it's made about half of what the previous Transformers movie made. Um, and it has nothing to do with the pet theory of Hollywood that Rotten Tomatoes is ruining box office. Here, here's the Rotten Tomato critics consensus for the first Transformers movie, 57%. The next one, 19%, 35%, 18%, 15%. It's not exactly because critics are killing it, because the the actual audience, 57%, 55%, 51%, 58%. The audience likes this best of any. It's, it's just fatigue from watching the same damn thing over and over. Oh, let's watch some robots destroy each other. Over yeah. and over and over. It's the same freaking movie over and over and over. So at some point, but Mark Wahlberg likes that. If you've seen his commercial for AT and T's Unlimited, thing. he does like that. Uh, that his commercials for AT and T's Unlimited there are some of the best work he's ever done. They are hilarious. I love those commercials. I'm not going to get AT and T's crap because their service sucks. No, <clears throat> but it, it does yeah. make me laugh. Um, it's much better than a lot of the things he's actually been in, which, you know, no fault of his. Sometimes he's in bad vehicles, which happens. Like all of the Transformers movies. In a paycheck, I'm sure he isn't sad about it. You just mentioned both commercials and vehicles, which goes mm-hmm. straight into what the, the first whatever news. And I saw this 
<laughs> just before we came, we came online today, a Lexus commercial uh, set in the year 24-something or other. Apparently, this is a massive product tie-in where Lexus makes all the spaceships in the forthcoming Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets or whatever that movie is called. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm watching the commercial going, wait, what, this looks like Valerian, but it keeps saying Lexus. And then they show a close-up of one of the spaceships that he's in, and son of a bitch, there's a Lexus logo on the front of it, a hood <laughs> ornament. I haven't had a chance to go back and look at the actual trailer yet, but now I'm going to just to see if there's a Lexus logo on any of the other spaceships. I, I just saw that and went, what, really? Uh, no, don't do that. Well, go ahead and do that. It'll give them money, I suppose, but that's just weird. That is that is very weird. I, product placement. I mean, that's perhaps that's how movies like... Uh, Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler's movies make their money is product placement because they sure don't make it from anything else. I just before we move on to Adam Sandler, I just thought of oh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking about. I uh, just want to mention Power Rangers. Do you remember when the Power Rangers movie came out? Vaguely. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. I just kept thinking, is that coming out yet? It came out in March. I mean, that's it, how much and I wasn't. Here, yeah, it's, it's coming out on DVD this week. I mean, that's how much of an impact it had. I mean, that's and that's this is exactly what this Transformers movie is going to be like. You know, because about the same number of people saw it initially, it'll probably double its box office because a few stragglers will go that didn't catch it the opening weekend, and that'll be it, and it'll be gone. Maybe, please, this will convince him, I'll make one more, because that way I can have two trilogies, and then we're done with this crap, and then Michael Bay will die of old age. I don't want to shoot anything bad on him, but just stop making these freaking movies, please. It's it's not that I'm forced to watch, him, watch them, but when the ads come on TV or they come on online, it annoys me. So go away with your crap. Anyway, I continue, saw, sir. Uh, I saw the, uh, what is it, the, the, I mentioned them earlier, Honest Trailers. I saw the Honest Trailers yes. thing for the uh, Power Rangers movie this week, <laughs> and apparently the big product placement is Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> so, uh, what the hell is that about? I, I don't know. I'm not making it up. I'm just passing it along. Uh, kind of like this, and we we I think we agree that we both like the John Wick movies. Oh yeah, although the first the one John was probably better than the second one. Yeah, there's going to be a TV series based on John Wick. Which um, uh, what network? Uh, it, it, or I do not know a network call. yet. It is being called the Continental. Um, Keanu is supposed to make a cameo of some sort. Although, I would think if it's a John Wick series, shouldn't he be playing John Wick? Yeah, but so it's Keanu to play in a TV series. I can't see that happening. No, so um, it's it's a series based in John Wick's world, which I can see them right. pulling off. Um, yeah, it better be on at least FX1, if not Netflix or Hulu or HBO or something, because otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. So it'll be on it'll be on ABC Family. No, ABC Family exactly, which is freeform now. So yeah, it's not Lifetime. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Um, 
that could be very cool because it is a very interesting world. Um, personally, I'd, I'll just wait for the John Wick 3 to come out, but yeah. eh, depends. Depends. Depends what network it's on. The, the next thing that it, – it's not a good story, but it's not a bad story either. They're talking about rebooting the Fantastic Four again. Again, wow. Um, but this time making it more kid-friendly. I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do that. Kid-friendly, huh? I, I would like to point out that Michael Chiklis made – in physical appearance – made a better Ben Grimm than whoever it was in the reboot that was a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, because Michael Chiklis is awesome. And I don't think a lot of people understood this. The character of the thing, or Ben Grimm, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. is not, not that tall. According to the Marvel Universe Encyclopedia, the character is six foot, period. Not six foot nine, not eight foot something. Six right. tall. Um, I'm thinking cast Samoa Joe, but you know that might <laughs> be <just> being- <laughs> wonderful. Um, yeah, anytime the, the thing battled the Hulk, which would happen ex- with extreme regularity, Hulk yes. just dwarfed thing, and that's before Hulk got even matter. So yeah, I think yeah. he's not a big. He, he's he's a big guy, but he's not overly large. He's just rocky looking. Yeah, making it kid-friendly, why don't you make it moviegoer-friendly? Start with that. You know, and then worry about making it kid-friendly. I don't get the point of making it kid-friendly. What? Ugh, Jesus. I'm not sure how that would work. I, I, I mean, the first movie What's the point? I thought was kid-friendly. But what do I know? Yeah. They, <clears throat> they're going to try to make it more like The Incredibles. The Incredibles was the Fantastic Four, just with done right. Variation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which is sad. Yeah, The Incredibles is by far the best representation of the Fantastic Four ever done, and and likely will remain so. And it's not officially the Fantastic Four, but yeah, absolutely had all the dynamics. A little different because um, they were both kids, but still, it's the same concept. The superhero family. Speaking of remakes and reboots and whatever. I was channel surfing earlier this week and came across the Reels channel. And the show that they were playing at the time was the movie Roadhouse. And I thought, I have not seen that in a very long time. And I hit the info button on it. I'm not sure why, because I know the, who doesn't know the plot to that movie by this point. Right. But it said it was the 2017 version mm-hmm. with Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm being played on the Reels channel. And I thought that, I don't even recall that coming to theaters. And I was right. It hasn't. Um, Although it might still. It was not the Wanda Rousey version. It was the Patrick Swayze version. Ah. Where a polar bear fell on him. And uh, (laughs) best line in the movie, I thought. Anyway. Yeah, that that just threw me off. Um, But have are you interested in seeing a reboot of Roadhouse starring, and I'm not knocking Ronda Rousey at all, because it's my ass. Um, <laughs> I want to see a remake of that at all, starring anyone. 
I, I, because it's Ronda Rousey, I kind of am because I'm interested to see if she can act. And no, I did not see The Expendables 3, and I know she's in it, but I don't really want to watch Big Trump blow up again. I saw it the first time, and it need, I didn't watch it the second time, and I'm not going to watch it the third time. Um, <laughs> just because she's got the potential. I mean, if she can act, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Gina Carano, who uh, a long time along a way ago predecessor of... Miss Rhonda, who was by far the best female martial artist until a, a drug-fueled beast uh, beat her. Um, she's actually a really good actress, and it would be pretty cool to have another female action star who can actually act and not be boring, etc. So, yeah, I'm interested for that reason. But, yeah, if you haven't seen – Gina Carano is in Deadpool – uh, so if you've seen Deadpool, you've seen Gina Carano. Uh, you should check out a movie called Haywire. came out about six years ago. She's excellent. She's actually the lead. They trusted someone with not a lot of acting experience to take the lead, and it's really, really good. It's a very cool movie. So, yeah, if we can get another Gina Carano going, absolutely. And that that's why. I don't really care that much about the movie Roadhouse. It's fun. But I, I'm interested just for that aspect of it. And then Ronda Rousey can be in a Marvel movie, too. That would be also pretty cool, if she can act. We'll find out. Yeah. Maybe. Someday. As opposed to the people, the big trailer that we got yesterday, Pitch Perfect 3. You know what? I didn't watch it because I didn't care about the first two. Um, so I'm not even going to watch the trailer for the third one. So there. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, kind, kind of like uh, Adam Sadler movies. I don't care, so I'm not going to watch them. Although, you did some research this week. Yes, I've I've been dogging Adam Sandler a lot for his atrocious movies lately and admitted that I didn't watch them just because looking at the trailers, I knew I didn't need to watch them. So I decided I would watch his latest Netflix picture, which has far and away the best reviews of any of his Netflix, Netflix direct. It's got a 28 on Rotten Tomatoes. And yes, that's the best reviewed Adam Sandler movie that he's done for Netflix. So I watched it and you know, it's not really that bad. It's an okay film, but far and away the worst part of it is Adam Sandler. If somebody else had been playing the lead character of Sandy Wexler, it would have been a better movie. It has tons of cameos. Celebrity cameos, and the premise is he's a talent agent. So I thought it would be kind of like a, a takeoff on Broadway Danny Rose, but a bad version. But it's not even like Broadway Danny Rose. Basically, he's an agent, and he's a schlep, and he's a he does a terrible job. But he really loves his clients, and that's the that's the the story. It's like oh, he's got a good heart. He's he's very incompetent, but he's got a good heart. And Sandler, that's basically what Sandler plays in almost everything. He plays a schmuck who has a good heart. So this is his wheelhouse, and he swings and misses a lot because that's also what he does. He's in his wheelhouse and still can't, you know, get a single because that's him. Um, Rob Schneider's in it. He actually is – he's in it very little, so it's okay, and he's playing a character, so it's somewhat interesting. Kevin James is – I don't like Kevin James. Thankfully, he's just Kevin James. He's kind of a waste. Um, the only person that was in it – that I thought was entertaining was Colin Quinn. 
you don't see Colin Quinn in much of anything anymore. And if you don't know Colin Quinn, stand-up comic, he was on Saturday. He is not. Well, he's in Sandy Wexler, so maybe same thing. Purgatory, let's put it that way. Um, but he is awesome. And basically, he's playing a version of his stand-up character. If you remember him from Saturday Night Live, and I know you do, but if you, our listeners, if you remember him from Saturday Night Live, very acerbic, very dry, uh, kind of the comic who's too smart for the room kind of thing and knows it and tells the audience. So that's part of the big reason why he never made it like as a huge uh, star. But he is awesome in this movie because he is the counterbalance to all of the dreck and and sweetness and over-saccharine crap that Adam Sandler comes up with in this film. And yes, Adam Sandler is one of the co-writers, so it's his fault. Um, Jennifer Hudson is in it. She's okay. Um, great singer. Her, you can't really tell if her acting's any good in this. I mean, she is a really good actress, but there's not much for her to do. I mean, she's, she's the love interest, the long-term unrequited love interest for, for Adam Sandler's character. So she's interesting. She's, you know, she she sings frequently, which is nice. That almost saves the film. But yeah, the only reason to really watch the movie is because Colin Quinn's bits are fun. So out of the roughly two hours or whatever, yeah, I think it's like two hours. Colin Quinn's 15 minutes are really entertaining. I really enjoyed Colin Quinn's parts. Uh, other than that, it's typical Adam Sandler shtick. You know, it's just. I mean, if it's the kind of thing you want to see, then watch it. But again, going back to as we were talking a couple of weeks ago about this this com this concept that Rotten Tomatoes is killing movies because critic scores keep people from watching it. Well, the audience score. Now, who's going to watch an Adam Sandler film? People who are predisposed to watching Adam Sandler movies, right? I mean, if you know you don't watch, you're not going to like Adam Sandler. You're not going to freaking watch an Adam Sandler movie. 42% of the people who wanted to see an Adam Sandler movie liked this movie. 58% people who wanted to watch Adam Sandler, who like Adam Sandler, didn't like this movie. What the hell does that tell you about the work he's done lately? He's completely lost it. And early Adam Sandler stuff, The Wedding Singer, I, 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 it's one of my guilty pleasures. And it's, it's the same kind of character, but I, that's such a sweet movie and it's not overly done to me. That is a really, really good movie. And he hasn't done anything remotely that good since then. And it's sad. He keeps on trying. He's made like what? It seems like he's made 19 movies now uh, since then. <clears throat> trying, trying to recapture. Oh, no, just, just with that one particular actress, trying to recapture the magic of how that worked. And it just yeah. doesn't work. You know, it's like I, I saw the ads for Blended, and it's like, no, I'm not going to subject myself to that because it looks awful. So not going to happen. I mean, Drew Barrymore is not going to save your blended, by the way. 14% Rotten Tomato. Half as good. Half, half as good as Sandy Wexler. So, yeah. It's like, dude, sit back and get funny again, please. Or have someone else write the things. That would help a lot. That would help a lot if we would stop writing. Because, Jesus, you're writing dreck and crap. And like I said, Sandy Wexler is the least objectionable thing he's done in quite a while, and it still wasn't good, and it's, and it's because of him. The rest of it was okay. He dragged it down. That's pretty bad when it's your vehicle and you're the worst part of the film. Ugh. You know, Colin Quinn, 
I didn't Saturday Night Live has never really been my thing mm-hmm. because there were there, there was always too much stupid humor in it for me to really get into Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I think the best Colin Quinn performance was on a show called Win Ben Stein's Money. <laughs> Where I'm trying to remember what all I can remember is him being like a he wasn't exactly a like he was like a recurring contestant or something. Must have been. It was just really weird because I remember him being on that show multiple times, but of course never winning because Ben Stein is smart. Um, I don't know, just me, I suppose. Um, just a thing. Yeah, but, uh, Adam Sadler is never, even with the wedding singer, never struck a chord with me. He was always just. I, I, I'm not a fan of stupid humor. And that always seems to be what the direction he took everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and there's a ton of it in this movie. I, I feel like if I watch these movies, I'm going to come out less intelligent than when I went in. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's where you know a lot of our society might have gone to as we've come. We, there's a ton of stupid comedy movies. Oh, yeah. We, we need to have more smart comedy movies. You know, stop dragging us down in, in kind of thing. That's just my opinion. I'm I can get hate mail, go right ahead. <laughs> you know We have an email well, address, cinemasavants at coil dot us. Send, you know, send us uh send us email. Complain <laughs> to me about stupid movies or something. Or something. Just saying. Yeah. See, I threw that. I, I snuck in our email address, something I've forgotten to do for the last three or four months. Very um, slick, very slick on your part. <clears throat> Ta-da. But, yeah. Um, I've run out of stuff. I didn't watch any movies of any significance. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of stuff. Um other than the Sandy Wexler ugh, thing, I did watch a, a new film. It's new to Netflix called The Stanford Experiment, and it just came out a couple of years ago. And it's it is about the actual Stanford Experiment, where this was done in the early seventies. The psychology department decided to run this study on how does prison affect people's um, attitudes, morality, etc. So they took twelve high twelve sorry, Stanford students, because it was at Stanford, hello, and was it 12? No, it was 18. Took 18 students, half of them were, were guards, half of them were prisoners. Basically, they just flipped a coin to, to decide who were guards, who were prisoners, after they screened them for suitability. And it was, um, according to the film, it was remarkable how quickly those who were assigned as guards fell into the attitude of of abusing their authority. Now they were told they could not physically harm the uh, prisoners. That was part of the gig. No beating up people in the study, which, and they didn't uh, for the most part, there were a couple incidents according to the film, but they just, they played this psychological warfare game with the prisoners and the the people who were prisoners fell into the role of being subjugated so quickly that Things got so out of control with people just almost having psychotic breaks 
as far as the prisoners, that they wrapped up the experiment in six days. And that is accurate. That's how long the experiment actually lasted. They actually did have to stop it in six days for those reasons because people got into that mindset so quickly of having the authority and being able to tell prisoners what to do just because they could tell them what to do. And the prisoners fell into the role of, well, I'm a prisoner. I got to do it, as opposed to just standing there and saying, dude, we're in a study. Uh, calm the hell down. In which they started to, they tried to, but they were beaten down so quickly. And it's just a really, really fascinating film. And Billy Crudup is the, plays the lead psychologist. Really interesting flick. There are some really interesting roles in there. One one character who the uh, psychologists who are the watching this and this again this is 24/7 they used like some closed up part of the university for the summer and had them in there and they they dubbed this one guard John Wayne because that was the shtick he he applied and he said he claimed he was a, he was doing his own study within the study of how far he could go uh just as far as abusing again mentally abusing uh the prisoners. It was really interesting and really sad and uh, speaks a lot to our times. I'll just put it that way. Uh, so, and the, the psychologist is still around and he's still lecturing on this concept of authority and how it can corrupt people. So, definitely worth watching. And again, that's on Netflix. Has a very, very good score of 83%. Yeah, it's a really, really good movie. Um, not a laugh fest, unlike well, actually, no. just like Adam, just like Adam Sandler movies. There's there's no laughs to be had in this. So Adam Sandler could have been in it. Kind of wish he had been one of the prisoners. Uh, a couple other things I did want to mention is if you are listening to our show, you will not have time to go see it unless you're listening on your phone uh, today at one o'clock. So again, you're going to miss it. So sorry. My neighbor Totoro is being re-released at theaters today at one o'clock in oh. the dubbed version, but that's okay. Because tomorrow night at 7, check your local listings. As far as I know, Regal is basically the chain that's doing this. I haven't seen any others, yeah. but could, could be others. But I know Regal is. Um, tomorrow night at 7, my neighbor Totoro in the original Japanese language with subtitles, and that's the better way to watch it anyway. But what a great yeah. movie. Absolutely great movie. Uh, if you're looking for something to take the kids to see, go see it. And if you're looking for something to see for yourself, go see it, because it's a wonderful movie about – the changes that kids go through when they're kind of uprooted, when they have to move, and how important friends are, and it's done in this fantasy setting. It's just easily one of the best of the Studio Ghibli films. And then again, at the end of July, there'll be the next one in the list. So there's there's six and all coming out towards the end of the month, every month. So keep an eye out for that. But My Neighbor Totoro is just an awesome, awesome film. Highly recommended by us both. I, I think the only thing I didn't like about it was the cat bus because it was you just didn't, you didn't like the cat bus because it, it was just a little bit too weird. It's so there's weird. That's what's cool about it. It's so it weird. Is, it's cool. Like, there, there's something about it that made me go, okay, uh, ooh, creepy. I don't know what yeah, it was. Exactly. It, it's it, totally it, creepy. I'll admit it, it, it's probably just me. I think that's Cat the point. I think the point is it's totally creepy. Exactly. Now, see, everyone who hasn't seen it, now you have to go watch it to see what the hell Rob is talking about. And, yes, exactly. the cat bus is very creepy. I, I, uh, it's 
it's so out there. It's so bizarre. So much of the movie is bizarre, but it, it's a it's a blast. And also coming out this week on Netflix, and actually coming out at some some theaters uh, around the country, is a movie called Okja, which is a movie about it's about a pet, a large pet that a little girl gets. But it's also about the bigger concept is uh, really about should we be eating meat? And from what I understand, it doesn't really pop you over the head with it, but that's kind of the concept. It's from Jun Ho Bong, who's done some awesome movies like Snowpiercer, uh, The Host, Mother. I've seen all three of those. And Snowpiercer I wasn't as in love with as most people, but like I think it's like a 93% or something crazy on Rotten Tomatoes. So this is South Korean director. He's done some awesome movies. And the early word on Okja is that it's also another terrific, terrific film. And again, it's a fantasy that has real-world implications, but it just looks awesome. This young girl picks up this pet, and it's a pet that is not intended to be a pet, and things go on from there. So end of the week. On Netflix, OKJA. It sounds kind of like something that we had on uh, the Two Pages Project a couple of weeks ago, a story called The Chopping Block. Hmm. Just from yeah. the title, I would say yes. Yeah. That would fit in. Excellent. I'm going to throw that out. He stole it. This he stole it from the Chopping Block. Sue him. Except I didn't know it existed until just now because um, yeah oops sorry no, I'm saying you, you should sue him <clears throat> oh I should sue he him totally, yeah I, oh yeah totally that's absolutely yours came out first and in a matter of two weeks made a movie <laughs> <laughs> the guy works fast damn clever of him one take bomb wow. that's what they call him so, anyway uh, speaking of other shows um yeah, there will be a two pages project story this week. Yes, there will be a very special FWAT show on Friday, if I can get the video done by then. Yeah, that's right. There's going to be video that goes along with this week's episode. Lovely. So there. Lovely and awesome. No, it's not going to be pictures of me because I don't want to look at me. It'll be other stuff. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. And you also anyway. want to keep keep an ear open for late night parent, uh, as believe. Ted has his show, the local show up in Long Island, but you can find it at latenightparent.com. And Wednesdays, he will have the Happy Hour Network version. And for now, that's it. I think that's all I got. Yep. Yep. Mission accomplished. Our work here is done. Have a good week, everybody. Do you think they were left to live in Montana? I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Dorn, that's the end.